Welcome to the WIDA Connect podcast series, where we will explore all the hot topics affecting the equipment dealer industry. From industry news, government affairs, and manufacturer relations, to business best practices, technology, and marketing for equipment dealers. Brought to you by the Western Equipment Dealers Association, here to advocate, elevate, and educate. And now, let's connect.
It, it sounds like you're saying the first step is thinking about it. Uh, the next step is doing something about it. And, and that that's what I'm hearing from you. 100%. And, and sometimes, you know, people are busy focusing on the business and, and in good times, everyone's having fun and enjoying the business. But it, it can sometimes be a, a difficult conversation or a difficult topic to bring up. But I think if you're if you're ignoring it and you're not planning for the exit, you could definitely be leaving some money on the table and, and you know causing some issues for yourself later later on. Sure, Eric. Business owners spend their lives building wealth, but there are plenty of examples, and I'm sure you have some, where an exit strategy is poorly planned or not considered at all, and ignoring either can be costly. You hinted about that just a moment ago. What advice would you give to someone to maximize value if a sale becomes the cornerstone of a succession plan? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. And I think if if the plan is, in fact, to sell to a third party, I, I think it's important to start getting your house in order years before you do intend to transact. There are things that can be done to make the business more appealing and will add value. And then who wouldn't want to do that? So, you know, things like any key deficiencies or underperforming areas of the, of the business, you know, those are low-hanging fruit that can be addressed now to increase your earnings and, and improve your balance sheets. And obviously, that will help on the valuation side of things when it does come time to sell. Um, so things like, you know, keeping a clean set of books, minimizing expenses that may reduce tax in the short term, but reduce your earnings uh, can, can hurt your valuation. So, so really talking to your advisor about, you know, strategies around that. Uh, and obviously, ensuring your balance sheets is is clean. You know, these, these sound simple and straightforward, but you know, I've seen it time and time again where a vendor will come to us uh, that that wants to sell, and they're sort of in a scramble to to go to market with financial statements in a shape that could certainly be improved. And you know, a sale could definitely be done in that case, but it will inevitably hurt on valuation or in deal structure or some combination of, of things. And, and generally speaking, if, you're, if your statements are in, in poor shape, then it's not going to help. Uh, so, so certainly those are things that we could do to help clean up in advance. You know, I also think that the, the tax plan is a really important piece of this. In certain cases, depending on the structure, there are certain things that can be done in advance to help ensure the best tax treatment possible on a sale. And that tax savings can be material. There are situations where some of that tax planning by legislation needs to be done years in advance. And and I've seen situations a lot recently, actually, where a sale is taking place, but without the proper tax planning early on, the client is leaving a lot of money on the table. Uh, One of the other things I would also say is, you know, don't always take the first offer that comes to you or deal with the first buyer that knocks on your door. But the chances are there there are multiple buyers out there. Everyone's going to know of, of maybe one or two, and, and those are logical fits, but it's sometimes the buyers you don't think of that that could be more compelled to, to pay top dollars. So I think it is part of, you know, knowing the market, and, and we can certainly assist with that. And, of course, you know, when the time is right to run a process where you're dealing with multiple groups and multiple bids, that will always increase leverage. You know, since we're talking about succession planning and perhaps the sale of a business, another thing that can't be ignored is timing. And you touched on this a little bit. In addition to timing, what are some of the other challenges or issues you've seen crop up during a sale? Yeah. So, I mean, the the state of the market is important. 
you know, especially as we're, we're talking about agriculture and equipment dealers, there, there is a trickle-down impact from the strength of the producers to the cash flow of the dealer, and that, that has to be taken into account and, and the timing of everything. You know, inventory is also a major consideration. You know, here, here in Canada, you know, a few years ago, we saw a big correction in inventory due to some oversupply, and, and that situation is now, now flipped with, with inventory shortages that we're hearing about. So, you know, dealer performance and trends in dealer performance are, are really important, and, and that all ties into the, the plan and, you know, the timing of the sale. And, and you know, I would always say sometimes the, the best time to sell is when you don't need to sell because you're not put into a situation where you're backed into a corner and, you, and you're, you know, forced to accept a deal you, you normally wouldn't do. So, so timing does need to be considered. Uh, we're speaking with Eric St. Hilaire, MNP, and we're talking about succession planning. Eric, you know, it's difficult over the span of just a few minutes to create a succession blueprint, but it's vital to have a start date, and that date would seem to be now. You've discussed the first steps to consider. What else do business owners need to know? That's a great question, and I have this conversation often with clients. I think sometimes business owners underestimate the time it takes to go through a transaction from start to finish. And this is not just true in dealerships, but all industries. And, you know, the question I would always ask is if you want to retire in five years, if that's the plan, so, so what does that mean? You know, do you want to be done working in five years or do you want to start the process in five years? So you've got to consider your current involvement in the business. You know, as a shareholder, as an owner, if you're very hands-on, there's going to be a transition period that's needed. So, you know, you you can expect a, a couple of years or, you know, three years in a transition period, depending on your level of involvement and depending on the buyer and depending on the deal. The, the process to go to market and, and run, you know, have us run that process where we're selling a business, you know, that process in and of itself can take six to nine months if everything's going smoothly in this plan. And that's not always the case. So when you start adding up the layers and the timeline, you know, you're now three to four years, and then you've got to consider timing issues as well. Like we talked about the state of the market, any tax planning, any cleanup to the accounting. So, you know, that could be another one to two years once you stack up all the, you know, the steps in that process. So if you, if you go back to that scenario where I talked about you know, an owner wanting to retire in five years, you, you know, that kind of means you need to start the process yesterday if that's the timeline you're on. And, and if that's when you want to retire on good terms and maximize value along the way. So, so sometimes I, I just want to, you know, reiterate it, it can take longer than you think. And, and that's assuming it's a third party sale, uh, a sale to family or a management team or an employee team could take longer. And sometimes your your payment terms and your structure terms can be stretched out for longer as well. So, you know, those are other complicating factors and other things to consider. So, you know, just, just to reiterate, um, I really do believe it's never too early to start discussions with us if succession is on your mind and, and just having that discussion. You know, it's, uh, it, it reminds me, I, I heard a phrase one time, uh, when, you're, when you're young, life is an infinite number. Uh, you find out otherwise when you turn a corner at 50 and you, all of a sudden you're a half, half century old and you say, well, where was that infinite number I used to think about? <laughs> uh, Eric St. Hilaire of MNP has been our guest and we've been discussing discussing a succession planning. Eric, what's the best way for dealers to contact you if they have questions? Well, MNP is coast to coast in Canada. We've got business advisors throughout the country. Uh, you can visit our website at mnp.ca. Um, you can either search for me or any one of our local business advisors you can also send me an email at eric, E-R-I-K, dot St. Hilaire, S-T hyphen, 
H-I-L-A-I-R-E at mnp.ca. You've been doing this a while, haven't you? <laughs> Not my first time. Good. All righty. Well, thank you very much, Eric, for your time today. Thanks so much, Mike. It was a pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for taking the time to listen. For Eric St. Hilaire, I'm Mike Kramer, and we thank you for listening to this edition of We to Connect. This has been We to Connect. If you have a question, would like to suggest future topics, or just tell us what you think about the show, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us at westerneda.com, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to We to Connect on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Until next time.